This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Business, it's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Greetings, loved ones, and welcome back to Doing It at Home. I'm Sarah. We are so excited to have you here. Today's episode is titled Two Confident and Fearless Home Births and the Importance of Doing Your Homework with Emily Stanwick. Before we get into the episode, just want to thank you again for listening, for joining us, for being here, however you found us, however many episodes you have listened to, or however long you've been a part of the Doing It at Home community, we appreciate you. Speaking of the community, ways you can get involved, ways you can support the show, ways you can pay it forward and ensure that other people find out about doing it at home, the way you can kind of give back if doing it at home has helped you or supported you in any way in your own journey. You can one, subscribe to the show. Super simple. Hit that subscribe button on whatever device you are listening with. You can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We have our private Facebook group with over 3,000 members, all about empowering home birth conversations, sharing resources, sharing birth stories. It's really, really beautiful. You can also support the Doing It At Home merch, our shop. One of our latest additions is pretty cool, I might say. It's a graphic that says home birth established 300,000 years ago, roughly, give or take, you know, because, you know, but as long as we've been around, home birth has been around. That's the point. It's cheeky. It's awesome. And you can get it in a mug, a t-shirt, a tank in our shop. There's links to everything I have mentioned in the show notes. So wherever you are listening, you'll see, you'll see the description of the episode. And then you'll see links to our social media, our new YouTube channel, which we would really appreciate if you would subscribe to, turn on the notifications. You can check out the shop. And I can't not mention the Doing It at Home book available on Amazon. That link is there for you too. So lots of great ways to dive in if you are new to the home birth scene, if you are considering home birth, if you are planning for your home birth, or if you are postpartum and just a home birth junkie, a home birth nerd, there's lots of other great ways for you to stay in the conversation, be in the community, get the merch, the swag. It's all there for you and we greatly appreciate 
appreciate all of the support and love seeing pictures and tags. So when you're listening, you know, screenshot and tag us at doing it at home on Instagram. Send us pictures of you in your gear, with your books, all the things. We, we love it. So keep it coming. Okay, today's episode with Emily, what we talk about, we talk about birth partners, asking questions and feeling confident in their roles. We talk about doing your homework in preparation for home birth. That's a big theme here because for Emily, for her, she, according to her, had two perfect home births because of doing her homework. So her message is that you can have that too when you do your homework. So we talk about that. We talk about the connection of birth and death. We talk about letting go during labor, feeling confident in your body and in your birth. We also talk about fetal ejection reflex and having a postpartum plan. It's a really amazing conversation. We loved having Emily on the show. Quick word from our sponsor, and then we will hear her story. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hey, Emily, welcome to Doing It at Home. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you here. This is going to be a lot of fun. So thanks for joining us. I know. Yeah. Yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a mom of two. I have a three-year-old boy and an almost 11-month-old girl. She turns 11 months. Wait, today? Tomorrow. Yay! (laughs) Um, and a wife and I recently moved to Texas from Los Angeles. I am a birth doula. I am a birth educator. I am a strength and conditioning coach starting to get back into that in person with the move and meeting new people here. But, um, I did a lot of prenatal and postpartum training through birth fits So I've been a prenatal and postpartum coach since um, 2013, I believe, is when I very first started, which is crazy. I can't believe it's been so long. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. And what had you focus specifically on that? What spoke to you about that experience in, in someone's life? Um, that is a great question. I love sharing this story. So I've always been into pregnancy and birth. Like I used to watch a baby story on TLC. Do you guys remember that? I remember that. Yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. Like I would come home from school and watch that. My sisters are like, turn it off. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) when I started CrossFit, that's how I got started. I started CrossFit and I met Lindsay Mm -hmm. Matthews who started BirthFit in 2011 And I remember after a workout one day, she was like, all right, bye. I'm going to go train some pregos. And I was like, wait, what? 
I want to train pregos. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I was like, how do we, what? You're going to go train pregnant women? Like, wait, duh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I need to do this. So then I just started to like listening to her, talking with her about, she was really brand new starting birth fit around that time. And then I was just like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm literally just starting my coaching journey, but I need to do that. And so I think in like 2013, she gave me two clients and programmed for me and I charged $25 an hour. Wow. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm a prenatal coach now. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of how it started. And then at our gym, Deuce Gym in Venice, back our old gym, um, we started teaching postpartum classes together. And that's really how we grew our in-person community in LA. Very cool. So I just wanted to, I just was like, wait, I want to do that. Like I need to learn how to do this because I love babies and I love pregnancy Mm -hmm. just like always have. I was just like, I just need to do whatever that is. Tell me how to do it. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So did you always know what kind of birth you wanted then since you had kind of been thinking about that for a while? I did not. Okay. So funny because I always knew I wanted kids and I always knew I wanted a lot of kids And it was right when I started learning about birth fit. And it's weird. I can't remember the exact memory of me saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to have a home birth, but it was well before I had even a boyfriend. Mm. Um, And I just was just in conversation with women in LA. It was, it's a common thing in LA. Lots of women have home births and I would just hear my baby was born at home, born at home. And for me, I think the memory was just like, Oh, people still do that. Oh, people Mm. do that. Okay, cool. I want to do that too. That makes sense. That sounds awesome. I want to be home. Mm. Like, I do not like hospitals. Like if people are giving birth at home and they're right here in front of me and everybody's good, like, yeah, that makes sense. It was just a very like natural thought. It wasn't this like earth shattering moment. Like my worldview of birth had changed. It was just like, oh, that sounds really nice. I want to do that too. You know, it's so interesting so, yeah. how much, you know, how the way we grow up and environment plays a part in how we view birth. You know, just you yeah. being around these, these people mm-hmm. and those women who are having babies at home, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a natural thing. And yeah, I know myself, I was, on the, I was on the flip side of that, just being around hospitals. My parents were a doctor and a nurse, and so mm-hmm. babies in hospitals was a natural thing. It's just, it's just interesting, and it, it makes me definitely think about that as we raise Maya. Yeah. Like, you know, and as yeah. you're raising your kids, what are those things that they're oh, going to just yeah. view as natural? Well, and it's crazy because all I had was movies and watching a baby story. Like, yeah. they never showed home births. It was all hospital births. Yeah. Right? Like, and it was all, and they never, it wasn't graphic. They didn't show any vaginas. Like, it was just like, mom's in labor. Here's the baby, you know? So I didn't have in my mind, like a scary perception of birth. And so I wasn't afraid of it ever. Cause I just knew I wanted kids. I knew I was going to do it. And I remember, um, just, and, and it was, I think it's weird that it wasn't like an earth shattering moment for me. Cause like most people like to consider a home birth having been so, you know, in the Western world of mm-hmm. medicine, that's like a big deal for me. It was like, Oh yeah, that sounds perfectly normal. Right. <laughs> Which I think is kind of strange, but I'm glad that's how it went for me. Yeah. So then when you did become pregnant with your first, yes. what did you do to, you know, prepare? Or what did you put into place? Um, how were the conversations with your husband? That's you what know, I'm all, interested yeah, in. That's, <laughs> like, yeah, that's. We know. What, what, we know. What, what were Michael's thoughts on the home birth? 
my husband has now um, coined himself the dad doula. Uh, he, he is all about it, all about it. Um, but I remember like, so we were just friends before we even started dating and we went out to dinner one night cause we were, we were, worked at the same gym. Um, we went out to dinner one night. My roommate was supposed to come. She didn't come. And I had just finished my doula training. So it was like the Monday and my doula training ended on Sunday night. And so he was asking me about it and I don't really remember the conversation, but he does. And he thought it was so interesting and so cool. And like, and so like, then we started dating and then we got married and we got married when I was pregnant. Um, But so I guess I got pregnant and there was no question that we were going to have a home birth. It was decided before I even got pregnant. Um, But he asked a lot of questions because that's, you know, the male minds. It's like, I need to know. Oh, yeah. I need to know how this is going to go. Like, I need all the details. Yep. Like, what is actually happening? Whereas the women are like, it's going to be wonderful. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think for him, what was really eye opening was his sister's birth. And his sister had a wonderful birth. And I'm not here to share any details about that, except that it was a hospital birth and it went really well. However, there were a few things that really turned him off. Like Mm. she couldn't eat the fact that she did get induced because she hit that 41 week mark. And there was, you know, that was the rule. Um, And and honestly, there wasn't a lot of other stuff that bothered him. It was really just like two little minor things like the induction and then that she couldn't eat. He's like texting me at the hospital. Why won't they let her eat? I'm like, I know. He's like, she's so hungry. Um, and he wasn't in the delivery room. He was in the waiting room, but like hearing things. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, it was very interesting being in conversation with family members who have very, you know, they did the hospital thing. And obviously there's no judgment. It was really like a very uh, kind, respectful family experience there. But I would tell him on the side, like, this went so well for a hospital birth. Like Mm. this went so well. And for you to even notice those two little things, like that is not a thing when you're at home, like that is not. And he was just like, Oh yeah. Like that makes so much sense. Like Mm. I, I don't want to have our baby in a hospital. I'm like, I know. Right. Um, so he was on board, like from the get go. Mm. So when I got pregnant, um, we called, the midwives who was referred to me. So I asked a friend I knew she had two wonderful home births and I texted her. I said, Hey, who are your midwives? Called them up when I was six weeks pregnant. I said, I know I'm early, but put me on your calendar for June. And then I had my consultation with them at eight weeks and I loved them immediately. They're LA midwife collective Mm. for anyone in LA, Monica and Jennifer. They're wonderful. How did you find Um, them? How did I find them? Yeah. How did you find them? How did you hear about them? Oh, just a referral from, yeah. from a former client. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and, and that client's second baby came at like 42 weeks and two days. And I think the long California is 42 weeks and three days. Oh, wow. wow. And so, yeah. So I was like, okay, they're great. Like if they are not stressed now and this baby came that far past her estimated due date, like I need to talk to these women. Um, so at our consultation, I was just like, Hey, so I like you guys. I don't feel the need to shop around. I've heard great things from two referrals. Like let's do this. 
and my husband loved them and they were really close to where I worked and really close to our house. And it was just perfect. And I was like, okay, like you're it. And I, I didn't have any other consultations with any other midwives, um, which I'm actually like, I'm glad because I wouldn't have wanted to make that decision. I just heard good things. I had a wonderful first impression from these women and I was like, let's go. Mm -hmm. Um, they're amazing. So yeah, my husband was all in. That's it awesome. was awesome. Mm. And, and now he's the dad doula and he I, talks to all these men about how wonderful birth is. <laughs> that's so that's so awesome. We hear that often that the dads like become the biggest converts yeah, and and I yes. get it. Yeah. And you go through that experience of witnessing your partner, you know, give birth to your child and do it for a lot of uh, you know, for I'll speak for myself, I had never experienced home birth before. So to see something like that, I'd never experienced it myself and like, oh my gosh. You just want to tell everybody like, yo, listen, the way that you've been trained and the way you're thinking about it, like there's another way to do it. And, yes, you know, they can eat at home and they yeah, can yeah. relax and all these wonderful, yes. amazing things. So, yeah, I get it. It's so cool to he's dad. Doula yeah. And you know what's spreading the word? Yeah. Yeah. He's the dad doula now. But what's crazy is my birth was my very first home birth. I had only ever done hospital births as a, as a doula. That's, neat. Um, That's cool. Not by choice. Just ha- just happened to work out that way. Um, so I was like, this is my first home birth and it's mine. That's so, cool. Like that was awesome. Um, and my husband would be like, are you sure we need a doula? Like you're a doula. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> here's where you're going to just have to trust me. Yeah. Like, yes, we need a doula. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that whole pregnancy was very intentional, very, very intentional. And I'll share a little bit more, um, about like tips and, you know, how to prepare. Um, but having learned everything I learned through birth fit, through my education as a doula, through experience as a doula, like that pregnancy was super intentional. And my, I'm going to share this now, like my number one piece of advice is be way overconfident Mm -hmm. in your birth outcome, because there is no point Mm -hmm. in having any doubt in your experience. And I love this Ina May quote. Maybe you guys have shared it before, but we're the only mammals who have the capacity to doubt our experience, to, uh, to doubt our ability to give birth. Mm. Right? Yeah. Wow. So why we, like, I, I took a spiritual psychology course. My husband and I both did oh, a couple years ago. And he, he would say to me, it's your fantasy. Why not win? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So for birth, like, go into this overconfidence. And so I would just tell people like, oh my God, I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. And I just had this positive ex- like confidence about my birth, literally having never done it before. Yeah. I was just like, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I think otherwise, you know, but that's just me. I'm very optimistic um, about certain things. Um, so, so, so when, when thoughts and feelings came up that weren't that positive and optimistic, how did you handle those? Mm-hmm great question. I have one memory of my midwives going to a midwife appointment and they are like, how are you doing emotionally? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to get this off my chest. Like I'm afraid to die. And they're like, great. You're human. That is a very normal human fear. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I just needed to say that because I don't think I'm going to die. I'm just, I don't want to. And that's like the only little like weird fear in my brain that I know is like, so not, uh, common, (laughs) 
you know, relatively speaking. Um, and that was it. Like mm-hmm. any other fear I had was like, we are literally two miles away from like five hospitals. We can call 911. Like we're not in a high traffic zone. Like it, all the logistics, like nothing really freaked me out. So it was more just like a very much fear of the unknown and like that, you know, people have died from childbirth. I don't want to do that. So that's my real fear right now. And and they just really acknowledged it and like heard me, felt like made me feel supported and like mm. very much um did not dismiss that fear which I thought was really helpful because mm-hmm. um, it just allowed me to express it yeah can yeah. you remember any of your husband's fears um his biggest fear was if we have to transfer to the hospital and and it's I have to decide between you and the baby living mm. Like that was his worst fear. Oh, okay. I was like, Jesus, okay. yeah. that's heavy. But yeah, we got to talk about that. And yes. that was yeah. his and my like biggest thing throughout our pregnancy is like, let's talk about the really uncomfortable stuff yes. and like the conversations that like you don't want to have so that um, if we get to that point, like I don't, you know, panic, like I know what to do, yeah. um, which I felt was very valuable. Um, and in a lot of what I do, I do like one-on-one birth education coaching. I can do like extended coaching for um, women's pregnancies. And that is what, how I hold space for these women too. I'm like, let's have these uncomfortable conversations in pregnancy that, so that when you're in labor, like if something terrible were to happen, like we've got a plan, yeah. we've got a plan yeah. for what's in our control and for what's out of our control. Mm-hmm. So important. Yes. Oh. So that was his biggest fear. Luckily didn't have to go there. Of course. Yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. you saying all that as well. You know, for, for those listening, like have those uncomfortable conversations, don't avoid them, you know, yeah. cause it's easy to want to avoid them. They're uncomfortable and they're scary and you don't want to think about somebody dying and, and all that. But yeah. I, I think it's, it's great that um, to hear how you and your husband navigated that and were willing yes. to just go there and have those uncomfortable conversations for the reasons like you, you stated. To. Yeah. So now it's, it's been talked about. It's out there on the table. You you have a plan, and you can get back to just focusing on the the, the positive, the you know, the optimistic elements of it. So yes, that's, and that's you know we have such a disconnect between death and birth in this country, right? Agreed. Very disconnected spiritually, and so when you can acknowledge that those two go hand in hand slash are kind of the same thing, it's a mm-hmm. transition. You. I felt a lot more comforted in just that confidence, that peace I was making that like knowing that like, no matter what happens, like I'm going to be okay. Cause I, I acknowledge death. I acknowledge birth. I acknowledge these transitions. And for me, it allowed me to be so much more peaceful in that pregnancy and then birth, which I guess I can share. A little bit now. Yeah, let's take a quick break and when we come back, let's talk details of your births. Yeah. Introducing Batiste's wet activated and touch activated dry shampoo with breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours. It's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste dry shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, so you've had two home births. Yes. So what I'd love to do in any way that <clears throat> resonates with you, because they're your births, we're, we'll hold space for the storytelling of it, how those two unfolded and maybe what some similarities or differences were in those births. Yeah. Okay. So I love sharing my first birth story because it is a little bit longer and there was a little bit more textbook first time birth. That's um, cool. So I'll share a little bit about the second too, because it was amazing. But um I was 41 weeks and I was starting to freak out a little bit because my doula was heading out of town at 41 weeks and three days. So I was 41 weeks pregnant. It was like 7:30 at night and literally no signs of labor. I'm like, she's going to miss it. I loved the backup doula, but I wanted her, you know, I was like, she's going to miss it. Oh my God. Why is this baby out? Yeah. Um, and then we did labor inducing pressure points and either it was co- perfect coincidence or they worked, but I went into labor about two hours later. So at 9.30 at night, I, I had a contraction mm-hmm. and I had literally just laid my head down to go to sleep. And I was like, perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, I just had a contraction. Michael's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And, you know, he was on his way out and then... I was breathing through them. I was like, okay, these are not stopping by 11 o'clock. I was like, I'm going to go out to the couch and you sleep. Mm. Cause again, I'm overly confident. I'm like, I got this no big deal. And I know my husband needs to sleep and be rested so yeah. that when I need him, he is alert. Um, so I called the midwives and the doula at 11 PM, let them know. I said, Hey, like I am definitely in labor. It's still early. Everything's feeling good. Like contractions are totally manageable. I will call you guys by 6 AM. If not sooner, like that's kind of, I'm just going to give myself like seven hours, see what happens. Um, go out to the couch and I don't turn the lights on. I had my phone, but I like, don't really remember being on my phone that much. So I was kind of like, just tired, you know, I wanted to go to sleep, but couldn't. Um, and when I tell this birth story, I always tell this story when I share, when I do birth education, I share with women from 11 to three 30 in the morning. So I got my husband up at three 30, like those four and a half hours by myself, like I will cherish. Cause mm. I was like, I felt so safe and I felt so chill. And I was just like, my body is doing its thing. Like I cannot control this. Um, This is like TMI, but I'm sure you guys get a lot of TMI on this show. Oh yeah. (laughs) I went to the bathroom Mm. 11 times. Yeah. Just from 11 (laughs) PM to the next morning. And I was laughing every time I had to get up to go poo. I was just like, what, how is this happening? Like, my body is in full elimination mode. Like yeah, I was ready. like, I am, I am just along for the ride right now. Like yeah. my body is just doing work. Um, but I was like, this is good. And 
I was like, okay, I don't feel sick. I don't have a fever. Like I'm not shaky. I'm just very chill. And I made it a priority to just like be in like a sleepy state. So then by about 3.30 AM, they started to pick up a little bit. I wake up my husband. I'm like, I kind of need you right now. And I, we texted our families and we just kind of rode the waves together. And by six, we t- called our doula. Cause I remember those from three 30 to six was just kind of like lying in bed, getting up, lying in bed, just being awake together and him holding my hands. You know, we weren't really like in active labor yet. I just needed a little bit of support. Um, and then the doula was like, okay, I'm going to shower, have some breakfast, and then I'll be right over. And I remember, I think like right when he hung up is when it started to really pick up and I just started crying. And I remember every contraction, I'm uncontrollably sobbing and I am not a big sobber. Um, and my husband's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. This just really hurts. Like this just hurts so bad. Like, and I was like, and I know I'm not anywhere near transition. And I think it was just very overwhelming. Like, oh my God, it feels like this now. And I have a long way to go. Like, I was just kind of like, this is a lot worse than I thought it was going to (laughs) be, but here we are. I'm in it. There's no turning back. So it was just a lot of like, letting go, you know, like just, that's what the crying was just like letting go. Like, Oh my God, this is happening very much. I remember the feelings of like, wait, I don't want my old life to be gone yet. Like, I'm not ready to be a mom. Like I'm not ready for this responsibility. All that overwhelming feeling was coming up right as active labor was kicking in. Cause like I said, in pregnancy, I was very, so stoked to be a mom, like super optimistic, super confident, I got this. I got this. And then all of those overwhelming feelings, anxiety, like, what if I don't want to do this? What if I don't want a baby yet? What if I don't want to give birth right now? Like, this is terrible. What's happening? You know? And then it was just sobbing and it was very cathartic and it was like very much needed. Cause like, once I got to the phase where I was in very much inactive labor, like none of that came up, which Mm -hmm. was great. Mm -hmm. Um, so something we say in birth fit is pain with a purpose. And that's what labor is. And so I really tried to remember that. And um, my doula was great. And she got there and I was in the fetal position on my bed sobbing. And she's like, have you moved? And I was like, no, I'm just, <laughs> I've just been here. She's like, get up. We got to go outside. I was like, oh yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to move. Right. I forgot. Like, I was like, my husband, like, this is why we need a doula. Yeah. Um, so we got outside. I'm still crying a lot. We got in the shower. We're moving. She has like an e-stim machine. We put the e-stim on, a, on me, which like didn't really do anything. And it was just like managing pain and tried to eat, immediately threw up. You know, it was just like all of the things were happening. And then I remember it was June. So it was like June gloom in the morning in LA. And then it was like so hot. And I just remember being like, what just happened to the temperature? Like it is a thousand degrees in here. It's super hot. So yeah. But my midwives came fuzzy. I don't really know what time, 10, 11 AM. <clears throat> and I was definitely in active labor. So they get the pool set up and they asked me if my water had been broken. And I said, I don't think so. Like I feel so much pressure mm. in my belly button, like not down low, like so much, like my stomach is going to explode. 
Um, I feel so much pressure. I don't think my water's broken. They don't check me. They let me spend about two and a half hours trying to push the bag to break. And those two and a half hours were the gnarliest experience of my life. Like, I just remember being in this like black hole of despair being like, is this going to last forever? Cause I don't know how I will make it if this lasts forever. But I remember like looking, making eye contact is so important in labor and delivery, right? Especially like, especially if you're in a hospital, but for sure at home, like you have more of a sense of safety at home. And I'm saying you're, cause most people who listen to this, you know, most likely are probably in the world that home birth is very safe. So I am safe in my home, but I remember making eye contact with my husband and my midwives when I'm in those two and a half hours trying to push the bag to break, looking at them being like, they look like nothing bad is happening. So I guess this is normal. Like, I guess this is okay. Just based on that eye contact alone, I could tell myself I am safe. And that was huge for me. Like I never went into panic. Um, I went into like, this is the worst thing ever, but never like hyperventilating, Mm -hmm. never panic. Cause I was able to just get confirmation from my team that like, I am okay. I am safe. Baby is safe. And that was huge. Mm -hmm. Finally, they're like, okay, it's been so long. I am exhausted at this point. They're like, we got to get you in the bed. Like the pool is like making you tired. Like you're too comfortable in there. Like we got to move. And so I get in the bed. Finally, they check me and I'm like seven centimeters. And like, that was kind of discouraging because I was like, I'm so freaking tired. But at the same time, they were like, you, like, we need to break your bag of water. And they were so sweet and kind about it. They were like, I know it's an intervention, but like, we really think, and I was like, why didn't we do this three hours ago? Like, (laughs) yes, let's do this. (laughs) Like, you're telling me you could have broken it this whole time. Like, are you kidding me? But, um, I'm very grateful that they did it at that moment because I think that those two and a half hours of pushing is what made me not tear at all because uh, um, yeah. the bag was bulging over the head. So I was getting perfectly stretched out, yeah. and no tearing at all. Can you describe? So anyway, they break. Quick, can you, sorry, can you huh? just describe like the pushing of the bag? I've never heard that before. So, oh my gosh, what, what, was it the same type of pushing that you would eventually do to push the baby out? Yes. So it was like bearing down because a lot of times if you just bear down and your bag is, um, see what I used like bulging or it was bulging. Yeah. yeah. Like part of the bag was over his head bulging out so they could see the bag coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, it will just pop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But mine didn't. They're like, well, good job with your nutrition during pregnancy. Your bag is really strong. Uh, (laughs) Um, So they could see the bag. We got to break it. So during those two and a half hours, they could, they could see the bag and they're just like waiting for it to pop. A balloon. Yes. You know, coming out of her. It looks like a little water balloon is coming out. Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of like bearing. It's not the thing that they had said to me, which was such a bummer, but I was like, don't make that mean anything. They're like, all this pushing hasn't been progressive. So basically I was bearing down, but the baby was not descending because the bag was in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was no, like, there was no space for his head to come down because the water was like not opening my cervix because it's so soft, you know? Um, Okay. So I was like, well, then let's freaking do this. Yeah. Can you please break (laughs) my bag of water? 
and, and the pain was so bad. Like I said, it felt like my abdomen, like my belly button was going to burst. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so painful when they broke the bag of water. Um, I felt the pain in the birth canal. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I feel the progress that we're making. Yeah. Like this is so different. Um, and I was in the bed and she really needed to help me like tactile feedback, fingers inside, push my fingers out. She was kind of like making space for the head because I was so tired. And at that moment where it was like starting to transition, like I didn't really understand how to push. I was just kind of like, I was the same. This feels like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you want me to do what? (laughs) No, I don't want to do that. Um, so she was just like opening, helping and very much like, um, guiding Stosh out. And I really appreciated that because had I been on my own, for example, personally, like I would have probably, that's where I probably would have panicked, but because our team was so awesome and she was like, you got this, you can do this, push down, push down, push my fingers out, fingers out. I was able to do it, um, with support. Um, he did have one little D cell and heart deceleration mm-hmm. and they looked at me and she said this baby needs to come out on the next contraction and i was like yes nah. <laughs> i got this i don't care if my body rips in half the yeah. next contraction oh my god let's go i was like thank god because i was like i cannot handle this another minute and you know when you have those thoughts you're so close mm-hmm. yeah um so baby came out on the next push and it was amazing, but he was having a little bit of trouble transitioning. So, you know, they did all the things they patted him, you know, they didn't do the squeegee things, but, um, and I do think that they tried to give him oxygen, like mouth to mouth. Um, and they ended up calling 911 just because I was GBS positive and I refused antibiotics. Okay. Um, they're like, let's better safe than sorry. Let's call 911. Let's get an extra set of eyes on this baby. And if we need to transfer, we will. And my husband is freaking out at this point mm. because, like, first of all, he didn't know that when babies are born, they're purple. Mm. So he was like, this baby is dead. Right. He was freaking out. Oh, wow. um, I am in a freaking heaven on earth bliss. I'm like, yeah, let's go to the hospital, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I felt amazing. I was like, thank God this is over. Like we are having two very different experiences with this baby having a little trouble transitioning. So we called 911. I was not worried about it at all because my and my husband's rule, our whole pregnancy is like, if the midwives suggest transfer or calling 911, we listen to them. We do not, we do not say no. So I was like, great, let's get them in here. So paramedics come three men and they could not have been more lovely. One man was like, and, and, and I say that because by the time they arrived, Stosh was perfect. Pink, nursing, oh, no. Apgar score 10, right? He was like a five or six when he came out. And as soon as they arrived, maybe 15 minutes later, he was perfect. Mm. So they get there, they check him out. They leave him on me the entire time, which was awesome. Wow. And one of the men was like, my, my wife is due in two months. He's perfect. Congratulations. Like it was a very like happy experience. And I was like, this is so awesome. Like, I feel really confident in my midwives for making the call. They were very nervous about potentially transferring because I had refused antibiotics. So like, we don't want CPS to get called. Like this Mm. could be a bad situation, but like, we need to call the paramedics. And I was like, let's do it. 
and they were lovely and they were so nice and they checked him out. They were in and out in like less than 10 minutes. And I was so grateful to have an extra set of eyes on them just so the midwives and everyone could be certain that everything was perfect. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome. It was so awesome. He was born at like two 30 in the afternoon. And I remember telling my husband, cause we weren't sure if we'd have family at the house. Um, cause we, you don't know what time the baby's going to be born. I was like, I want our parents here and I want pizza now. <laughs> um, so I just, I had like nine pieces of pizza and well it was deserved. awesome. And I'll basically, I'll briefly share my daughter's experience and it's very short comparative compared to Stosh. Um, the first sign of labor was water breaking. So very different oh, experience. Wow. From the first. wow. <laughs> yes. And I remember, and it was the day before her due date. So I was expecting mm. to go to 41 weeks and have this longish, no water breaking experience. And I was 39 weeks and six days. And I bent over to pick up a toy and I just hear a pop and then water. And I was like, oh my God, wow. no way. Like I've, I've crossed a hurdle that took me so long to cross with my first. And I don't even, I don't need to deal with that this time. Like, yes. Okay. Um, and with her, it was interesting because I didn't really experience contractions for like five hours, maybe, maybe three, three to five hours. I can't really remember, but it was like a long time without contractions. Um, but it was awesome because I visualized my son being asleep for this birth and it went exactly how mm. I visualized it. <laughs> um, but my midwives came over in the evening. My doula came over like at seven. My water broke at five. And then labor picked up around 10 o'clock when my midwives were like, just try and go sleep. If it's not, you know, if it's not progressing right fast right now, just try and go sleep. So of course I retreat into the bedroom. My husband's right next to me. It's 10 o'clock at night. Hit the, my head to the pillow and bam, zero to 60. Like the moment you like yeah. surrender to rest, like it picks up picks like crazy, up. right? And, um, I remember really being even more confident than in my first, like, I felt like I was laboring on my own, even though I had a team around me, I was just like, no one really touched me. I had my husband around me for a little bit in the beginning, basically like while we were waiting for the tub to fill up, he was kind of like behind me supporting me. But otherwise I felt like I was doing this by myself. Like my hands were on her head as she was coming out. Like I didn't need any assistance. I knew what it felt like. Wow. And I experienced, okay. So my doula was like, do you want one check? And I said, you know what? I really do. I want one check. So the midwife assistant checked me and she said, I feel a little bit of swelling at the top of your cervix. I want you to do five contractions where you actively do not push and I was like what <laughs> yeah. and I was just like I don't know how that's gonna go down because that's gonna feel horrible because the only relief in a contraction is bearing down right so she's like no pushing like I want this baby to descend without you pushing I don't want your cervix to get any more swollen I was mm -hmm. like okay fine so I'm in the tub lying on my side so I'm kind of floating my body my head is on the tub and it was it oops it was a excruciating pain. And, but on the fifth contraction, I felt the fetal ejection reflex oh, and it wow. felt like I was going to throw up, but the baby came out. <laughs> I just had this like, yeah, feeling. Wow. And I just, I was just like, she's coming out. And I remember saying that actually, I didn't know it was a, she, I said, it's coming out. We wait, we waited to find out for both. Um, 
And then her head came right out. Mm -hmm. And I remember pushing her head out and it was like three pushes head out. And so I felt that reflex, that ejection. And it was just like, boom, done. And once the head was out, she came right out on the next contraction in the water, just what I wanted and transitioned perfectly, nursed perfectly. Everything was amazing. Um, Yeah. So that birth was like even better. It was amazing. Wow. Ah! How cool (laughs) to be able to experience the, you know, the waters breaking and just have like everything flipped kind of to have the breadth of that experience now, I feel like is so cool for, for you as a mother, as a birther, but then also going back into the work that you do, you know, just the the next level of relatability that I feel like you have in terms of the spectrum and the variations of normal and what can come up. You can speak to those things. Yes. And you know, like what I like to share in, on my Instagram and in my birth education is like, we need, like, I need you guys to know how awesome it can be. Like right. I had two awesome experiences. Like yeah. there's, yes, you can have fears. Like that's normal. It's part of being a human, but like, it was so awesome. Like I would do it again and again and again. I don't know if I do pregnancy again and again and again, but birth, <laughs> I would totally do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I love when people are encouraged by hearing positive birth stories because it is possible, like we talked about, like when you do your homework, when you prepare, when you are confident, like that really, really matters. But it is very possible for everyone at all means of access, truly. Yes. And that's a belief. Like you just said, are you going to choose to believe that or do you want to choose to believe in something limiting? And as a result yes. of that is is going to be your experience. That's what you're going to see around you. That's how you're going to feel. That's how you're going to, that's how you're going to feel people relate to you and treat you. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just about the level to which you believe it's possible is then going to set the tone for how everything else can come into play to support you in that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm so grateful that I had the knowledge that I have and I have the self-confidence that I do. Um, and I try to impart that on others yes. because it is a mindset. Yes. It really is. Will you share some homework pieces that someone listening yeah. right now can take and put some action around, whether it is a mindset, maybe it's just practicing a belief, or maybe it's, yeah. you know, calling a person, using a resource. Let, you know, I'd love to hear some yes. of your feedback. Okay. Number one, free advice. Right. Well, free if you if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, like this requires no this requires no downloading, no buying any birth education program, nothing. I remember having a private training client, and I was not her doula because she found her doula before she found me as a trainer, and she was like, "Oh, I wish she could be my doula," but whatever. But I would talk to her about her birth because I would see her two times a week, and that's what I love doing with women. I love training women throughout their pregnancy and then being their doula because we have like an insane relationship. That's cool. Um, and I remember asking, okay, so we're in LA. She's kind of a worry wart, and I know that about her at this point. And she's just like a worried person, like no judgment. That's just who she is. She will admit that. Um, and. I, and she's like, I think I want to try for a natural birth. And I know she's giving birth at a hospital and I could see a little bit of hesitation on her face. And I said, why? And she was like, well, because I just, I think that, you know, everyone else, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, 
No, that's not a good answer. You need to have a why. Mm -hmm. Why do you want an unmedicated birth? Why do you want a home birth? Get very, very, very clear on your why so that when someone asks you, number one, you know what to say. But when you ask yourself, what's important to me? What is my desired birth outcome? What is my desired birth plan? Why matters. For me, I do not like hospitals. I do not feel comfortable in hospitals. I do not like poking and prodding and I just don't like the sterility of hospitals. That was my why. I was like, I want to be at home. If there were pain meds at home, this is my first birth. Would I choose them or my first pregnancy? Like if there were pain meds at home, I'd probably say, yeah, having gone through birth two times, I wouldn't because I can do it. I know I can, but have a why. And it, and if your why is like, you then realize, oh, I don't want a home birth or I don't want an unmedicated birth. Great. You need to know, right? So get really, really, really clear on your why. Like that's the most empowering thing you can do for a woman. Cause when she gets into the hospital or she is in her home, you know, there's no self-doubt and you need that self-confidence. Yeah. Um, this is the perfect time to like fake it till you make it when it comes to self-confidence. I, I've, feel like I'm very blessed with high self-confidence. Many people struggle with that. If you are someone who struggles with self-confidence and maybe doubt your ability to give birth, fake it till you make it. This is the time. Pretend. Seriously, it works. That's the mindset stuff we're talking about. You know, it, Tell yourself it's going to be amazing. Tell yourself everything's going to go perfectly because it might. You know, it might. Yeah. Why live in it might not rather than it might go perfect? You know, so really work on your why and really work on your self-confidence. They matter so much. And then when it comes to like um, actual planning and preparation, like think about what gives you the most anxiety. For me, honestly, it was like postpartum. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do work and kids? How am I going to balance life? What are we going to do for childcare? Do we have enough money? Like for me, planning out my postpartum period in pregnancy um, kept me at ease for a lot of my pregnancy and for my birth. I wasn't freaking out because I had a plan. We prepare so much for birth and then it's like, well, that's great. But like now you have 18 years to take care of a child. So yeah. <laughs> did you think about that part? Um, so planning for my immediate postpartum period. And that was really like the first six months um, was huge for me. So there's tons of free resources for that, but honestly, it really just takes sitting down and talking, like having uncomfortable conversations with your partner, with your family, mm -hmm. asking for help, asking people to buy you food, setting up, you know, asking one of your friends to set up a meal train, mm -hmm. you know, just get support because this is not the time to do it alone. Yeah. And if, and, and gosh, of course, early postpartum is, can be the most isolating time, you know, mm -hmm. add this pandemic on top of that, like yeah. what a nightmare. Yeah. I, I went through that, you know? Um, so plan for postpartum. Another thing when it comes to homework is this, how do I say this? Like, don't act like you are disabled mm. and Act like you are the fittest version of yourself you will ever be. Keep mm -hmm. moving, work out, start strength training. If you don't like lifting weights, um, you know, 
find a trainer who knows what they're doing. Find mm-hmm. a birth fit coach, go to yoga, like move your body, go swimming, go walk every day. Like don't act like you need to baby yourself. Yeah. That, what a detriment we have done to this country when we baby pregnant women. It's like, uh, no, I'm just like 20 pounds heavier than I normally am. Like, otherwise I'm perfectly fine. (laughs) Um, you know, so don't treat yourself like you're disabled, nourish your body Mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, like movement, sunlight, water, natural water, obviously food. You know, I know we all have our cravings and you know, I definitely ate a ton of fried chicken sandwiches in my pregnancy, but, um, like I was eating incredible food and it's really simple. Like I try to make this as accessible as possible to all women from every walk of life. It's like, pay attention to food labels, pay it, just pay attention, have, Mm -hmm. have awareness about what's going into your body. Like there's a, you can eat on a budget, high quality. Yeah. Like it, it's really just like removing things that don't serve you. And I, and the reason I talk about food is food matters so much. It's building your body and it's building your baby and it's supporting your brain function. It's supporting your baby's brain function. It's just supporting your emotional well being. Yes. There's comfort food and we want to eat what makes us happy, but you know, we're really fueling your body right now. Um, so just overall awareness as to what's going on in your body and what's going in your body is so huge for me because the more you empower yourself to educate yourself on all of those things, the more empowered you are into who you are as a mom. Yes. Cause you, you were very intentional with your whole experience. Yep. That is just so huge. Like, yeah, I take the birth class, take the birth education class, understand what birth is going to be like, understand how to advocate for yourself, understand your options. Like, you know, get a doula. If you're more of a timid person, who's not going to stand up for yourself, like get a support team and have awareness, Mm -hmm. be very intentional. You know, that makes a huge difference in your overall empowerment as a parent. It's huge. Mm, that was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Great free advice. So awesome. Yeah. I can't wait <laughs> to share this. I, yeah. I just heard building trust in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like you would build a, a financial trust, you know, you have to exactly. deposit into it and then it appreciates and then the value goes up and that's all of what happens with you when you do yes. all of these things that you just outlined yeah. and you can yes. do in an empowering way, everything that you described on essentially zero dollars, like additional into whatever you're already doing, you know, however far you want to take certain things. Sure. Surely you can invest more resources, but everything that you said is possible without all of the red tape that we put around it or all of the limitations that we put around it. And it can feed back to a great point you made at the top of going into this homework is that you need to know how awesome this can be. And oh, you yeah. can make it awesome through all of these things that you can do. Yeah. I remember someone asking me, I, we were, I was at a birth fit coach seminar and we're ta- we had a midwife come speak and I was sharing a little bit and someone asked me, but how do you, um, how do you deal with unsolicited mm-hmm. negative comments yeah. about home birth? Yeah. And I was like, this is going to sound, you know, this is going to sound classic me, classic Emily, (laughs) but like, 
I didn't, I didn't get any. Mm-hmm. And like everyone laughed. And I was like, do you know why? I got like two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you know why? I was like, cause I put a wall of confidence around me. Yeah. I was, and I'm very tall and I like, you know, was pregnant. I'm like this boss lady at the gym. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, why would it not be, you know? And I just had this like boundary of don't put that on me. Yeah. And that comes with confidence and that, but that also comes with like this self-trust and this, yep. you know, education, which a lot of birth education is free. Follow all the Instagrams. Obviously you need a phone, but like follow, follow you guys, listen to yeah. podcasts, like, and then just don't let the noise shake you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause it's noise. Yeah. Oh yeah. You it know? is. Oh. <laughs> you know, there, there definitely is something to having that confident energy that somebody who might want to come with their fear-based birth story might will experience your confident energy and say, okay, you know what? This person is not going to receive my fear. So, mm. you know, to what yes. you were saying, like when you exude that and you put that out there, it can stop a lot of that other junk in its track. Oh yeah. Yes. Do not pass go. And Do not collect $200. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when I coach women, I'm like, here's the deal. Like you're planning for this perfect, awesome experience. We really don't know how it's going to go, but we're going to plan for that. We're going to, you know, that's going to be our visualization. And if it goes to a hospital and then it goes to a C-section, my goal is that you still feel empowered and that you had confidence and that you advocated for yourself and that you were okay with every step of the way down the path that was less desirable. Right. Because with all that confidence, with all that education comes choice. And when, you know, when left to, uh, in a place where maybe you don't have a choice, it's like, I did, I know I did everything I could have up until this point, And I am okay with where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. That's what matters. Like, and it can still be awesome. Absolutely. You know, if mm. we just don't let that fear take over us, like, even if I have a C-section, like it's still going to be awesome. Cause I worked with midwives the entire time. I had mm-hmm. the most amazing pregnancy ever. If I have a C-section, like I needed a C-section, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that's just I'm I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and by that point you might have had that uncomfortable conversation of yeah you well what if yes. this happens what if that happens so mm-hmm. yeah that's great great conversation. Yeah. Emily, I'm so grateful yeah. to you and for everything yeah. that you. you've shared with us from your own personal experience to the wisdom that you've tied in, your own education, your tips. This is such a valuable, needed conversation. And I'm so happy that we could have you be a part of this with us. I'm going to share links to your Instagram in particular and any other resources you want to share with us yeah. that I can send people back to because I know people are going to want to hear more of what you have yes. to say. Oh, so, right now I'm a website under construction. So Instagram is where it's at. Great. But I so appreciate you guys. This is awesome. What's your Instagram? It's at Emily Stanwick. S-T-A-N-W-Y-C-K. Awesome. Perfect. Yes. Thank yes. you so much, Emily. Cool. Thanks, Emily. Thank you guys. This was so great. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? 
Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.